This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. I'm Benji Shulman. This is 101.9 High FM. And it is a big week talking of Tisha B'Av in Israel uh, and a lot of convulsions going through the Jewish people and in Israel at the moment. And uh, we just thought we needed to bring someone who was engaged in those debates and those discussions to give you a sense about what is going on. So we have with us today Samuel Hyde. He is a political researcher and writer based in Tel Aviv, and he has recently been on this march from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem that is uh, that that is going on at the moment as uh, various groups gear up for the the vote that's happening today and then I think on Wednesday evening um, surrounding uh, surrounding this judicial reform uh, uh, bill that is going through on the reasonables clause, which we're going to find out more about now. Uh, And to help us do that, and the person who's been involved is Sam Hyde, uh, and uh, he joins us. Uh, Are you joining us from Jerusalem or Tel Aviv, Sam? Uh, I'm in Tel Aviv today. Going back in it's Tel good, Aviv. To, good to hear from you, Bench. Thank you, and thank you for joining us, Sam. So, Sam, you actually were on the march, uh, is that correct? It must have been very hot. Uh, that's correct. It was uh, simmering hot, and it was uh, quite remarkable, actually. Uh, it, uh, we, uh, Everyone there was almost speaking of it in, uh, it was almost in biblical, uh, biblical proportions. It was uh, quite remarkable. There were children and sons and daughters on their father's shoulders and the, the elderly were there. There was, I mean, there were people walking for hours. Uh, they must have been in their, in their eighties, in the seventies, their eighties. So it was quite a remarkable sight to see in something quite historic to be a part of. How many people eventually did this march from, from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem? Uh, it's estimated that there were 30,000 doing the march. It started out with just 250 in Tel Aviv. Um, and by the time it got to Jerusalem, it had uh, reached um, about 30,000. That's the estimation. But once it got to the Knesset, which was the final destination, you were looking at, you know, maybe I'd say 60,000, 70,000 at the Knesset. So it is being the first step. And, that, and of course, that's in addition to many hundreds of thousands that have been protesting um, really over this. About the last six months, really, uh, since the yeah, we, since since the since this be- really got onto the political agenda. Yeah, it's twenty nine weeks in. I know there was. I know the same time I was at the Knesset on um, over the weekend. There after the march, uh, there was about two hundred thousand who were Kaplan the Kaplan Street demonstration in Tel Aviv, and I've been to quite a few of them as well. You're looking at you know on average about one hundred and fifty thousand. Turning out, um, turning up weekly for the last 29 weeks. Now, the, the, the issue that they're protesting, this thing that's caused this divide is this attempt by the government to change, uh, the, 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 the sort of nature of the judiciary. There's a, there's a lot of issues on the table, but the big vote for this week is something around what's known as the reasonableness clause in, in, in the judiciary. Do you want to explain that for listeners about why this is causing such a, a big reaction in Israeli society? Sure. Um, okay, so stripping away the standard of what is known as reasonableness actually lands up constituting a significant leap towards granting boundless power to the government, to the executive, particularly in terms of parliamentary immunity and uh, passing this legislation as it stands will, uh, will uh, you know, it's, it's in many ways a deliberate attempt to shield Knesset decisions from any form of judicial oversight. 
and the bill also eliminates administrative review of elected officials, which um, it basically comes after January's ruling stating that Arya Derry, a former minister and leader of the Shah's party, would not be able to serve in the cabinet because of his three criminal convictions and subsequent suspended sentence. Um, but, um, yeah, it's important to understand that the bill is also um, a repeal uh, and an amendment on Israel's basic law on the judiciary. And it essentially states uh, that those who have the authority to adjudicate the law, including the Supreme Court sitting as the High Court of Justice, will not judge or issue an order against the cabinet, the prime minister, a minister or any other elected official as determined by the law regarding the reasonableness of their decision. Now, I, I understand that and I, I get it. The opponents of the ref, of, 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 or proponents rather in terms of this law have kind of said that, uh, the best reading of it is that they feel like the judiciary has too much power, right? You have a, a group of people and reasonableness is a very, very wide ambit, uh, on which to, to base a decision. You know, in South Africa, we have a constitution. You can base it on the Bill of Rights or, or something like that. And reasonableness is, 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 you know, basically just allows a judge to think in their mind whatever they want and then go ahead and do it. Uh, what, what is your view of, um, uh, of, of how, of, of, of that argument in terms of, of the current, uh, uh, discussions? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, look, <clears throat> usually there's, there's, there's two arguments from pr- pr- proponents of the reforms. So I'll, I'll address the one that you spoke about. Um, there's just been no evidence whatsoever other than politicized narratives from pretty extreme politicians to suggest that the reasonableness clause has ever been abused by any form of judiciary. And, um, you know, there's almost this, uh, this, this idea that having judicial review, um, or even the reasonableness clause interferes with the will of the people, right? The will of the people who have elected this government. And, and, and that notion, that, that notion's just not true. I mean, I say it's anything, you know, it's, it's anything but. It's, it's simply misguided populism. Because even when ministerial decisions are the subject of, of, of review, Merely because a minister makes a particular decision or does not, uh, it does not automatically apply that they're reflecting the will of the people, even the will of the majority. And in a democracy worthy of the name, there's restrictions on, uh, on majority rule. Uh, the true embodiment of the will of the people and their sovereignty lies within the framework of the law and therefore administrative re- review serves as this mechanism to ensure government compliance with the law. In this case, the basic laws of Israel that were, um, read in as almost a quasi-constitution in 92 and ratified in 95, uh, which it, it, it's essentially there to pre- uh, uh, prevent the abuse of authority, guarantee that decisions are made without conflicts of interest or uh, undue external influences. And I think the the reason why people are concerned about the reasonableness standard in particular is because what what one needs to understand is the political program that is surrounding the government within and with outside the judicial overhaul package. So if you look at this, you can see that this is a ex- pretty extensive judicial overhaul package. It um, implies things like stripping the the, um, the public broadcaster of their independence, um, the stuff like monitoring the cell phones of all teachers that the security services will be able to do, which violates a basic law. And it's all due to essentially three forces which are now exerting significant influence that are, are shaping the scope and direction of the reform. 
And each of them has demonstrated over the years and currently different levels of apathy or animosity towards democracy. So, you know, this you have to understand it in the greater uh, context of the political program of the government. So you've got Benjamin Netanyahu and Charles Leader Ariadere along with their allies. They need to undermine the judiciary due to their personal legal battles. Then you've got the Haredi parties who advocate for a weakened judiciary to sustain certain social distortions arising from practices like military draft evasion, labor non-participation, and welfare discrepancy. And then the third one, which is most noticeable, is the religious Zionist faction. So that's uh, MK, Itamar Ben-Gvir, and Betzlav Smotrich. And their reliance um, is essentially – their assault on the judiciary is essentially – uh, rooted in the in the goals of Yesha, the settlement movement, and its reliance on fundamentally undemocratic terms for the project's survival, and what they have explicitly made clear, their intended annexation of the West Bank, otherwise known as Judea and Samaria. So I think that when, when one discusses the, the reasonableness cause, one also needs to understand it within the context of the political program that, that surrounds it. We're talking to Samuel Hyde today. He is a researcher and per- political scientist living in Tel Aviv. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is 101.9 High FM. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. Talking today to uh, Sam Hyde from Tel Aviv. He is uh, a political researcher and um, and, and scientist stay, living in Tel Aviv. Uh, Sam, Tell us about the program for this week. So we have the second reading of of the law tonight, uh, and then and then Correct. potentially Wednesday uh, the the final reading. There has been an, an enormous uh, jump in activity, potential strikes. That was what sort of pushed off the reform last time around, got people back to the negotiating table. Are you expecting that this might happen again this time around? Look, it's a very dynamic time, so anything is possible right now. I mean, we've had. Um at last count, over 10,000 IDF reservists that have um, that have signed on to um, an agreement in which they will not uh, pitch for their voluntary service. That's a very important thing. It's voluntary service. Um, we've also got last night uh, Israel's Business Forum, which essentially makes up uh, the largest 150 businesses in Israel uh, who are now going to uh, host a strike. And then there was talk of the Histadrut, which is Israel's um, union. And they, they've largely stayed out of the protests and uh, tried to keep um, pretty neutral. They did get involved last time, and them along with the IDF was a large factor as to why there was that pause. They, uh, they have been involved in negotiations. They, uh, they drew up um, two days ago, they drew up a plan. Um, on the reasonableness clause that showed there was essentially a compromise. Uh, it took the government's proposal and it took oppos- uh, one of the opposition leaders, Yair Lapid's proposal, and it seek to, to bridge the gap between them. From reports, we understand that it was rejected by the, that was rejected by the government. We also understand that last night Yair Lapid agreed to, um, to, to, uh, compromise, uh, with President Herzog and that the government so far have not, uh, not agreed to anything as such because the compromise implies quite a far, um, a far pause. I think it was 15 months that they signed on to. Gantz is also, even though he's part of the opposition, is also not for that because he thinks that the current climate cannot continue for another 15 months and things need to be sorted out as soon as possible. Um, I don't know where we're heading. I think we're definitely going to see more strikes, that's for sure. 
Um, I'm not sure exactly what that means for the government so far. A lot of their statements have been very strong that they're not really interested. Um, but I think it's, it, you know, it's, it's important to understand, uh, as I said, that, uh, you know, when it comes to judicial review, there, there is always, uh, in a democracy worthy of the name, there's always limit, limitations on majority rule to make sure that that, that government, that executive is reflecting the will of the people and the will of the majority. And there hasn't been one poll in the last six months that has showed broad, uh, broad consensus or support for this reform. Uh, you're looking at uh, 55% of Likud, for example, are against this reform. So the whole Sam, opposition is against this reform. So, Sam, we are running a little bit out of time, unfortunately. Such a big topic. Uh, if people want to follow you uh, and get uh, more insights as this goes forward, what is the best place where they can find you? I suppose the best place would be Instagram or Twitter. It's Samuel J. Hyde, H-Y-D-E. Um, and uh, I post a lot of my articles every time I release an article that will go up there. And I write regular, regular updates on uh, news, my own analysis of, of the situation, as well as uh, linking in the latest news stories just to keep people, people updated. Amazing. Sam Hyde, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, bringing us uh, the perspective of what is going on and uh, explaining it to us. Uh, And I'm sure we will be speaking more uh, as some of these processes continue. So thank you for uh, chatting to us today. Uh, That brings us to the end of the show. Uh, and uh, thank you to the whole team who puts it together. Uh, Craig, who pushes all the big red buttons. Uh, Mashadi, who does the production. Uh, Vusi's on the sound. And to you, dear listener, who joins us every single week, and do join us again next week on the New Blue Review.